This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on Monday, October 9th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. Google introducing a groundbreaking AI tool for the healthcare industry. We'll cover that in our next segment. But first, a busy week ahead includes data on inflation and a fresh batch of corporate earnings. Joining us now on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Lance Roberts, Chief Investment Strategist with RIA Advisors based in Houston. Find them online at realinvestmentadvice.com. Lance, thank you for joining us today. It's going to be a busy week as far as market movers are concerned, uh, starting with the uh, Consumer Price Index report and then running through the fact that uh, third quarter earnings season will begin this mm-hmm. week in earnest. Well, that's, that's absolutely right. And, you know, I wouldn't expect too much out of CPI right now. Again, it could be a little bit higher uh, just because we had that previous surge in oil prices, and, and there's about a two- to three-month lag on oil prices as it relates to CPI. Um, but this has already been pretty much priced in. Uh, you know, the real focus is on whether or not the Fed will hike rates towards the end of the month. But earnings are about to kick off. Estimates have come down a lot, so, you know, we're looking for a higher beat rate in earnings really across the board. That should help give the markets a little bit of lift in the month end. And uh, in terms of uh, the the interest rate policy, we will get a little bit of clarity when the Fed minutes come out uh, in just a couple of days. And these are the minutes from the last meeting, the one in which they chose to hold interest rates where they are. Right. And and again, you know, they're, they're in a really tough position here. They can't really suggest that they're done hiking rates here because that would help potentially fuel asset prices. Uh, that would in turn lead to potentially higher inflation. So they kind of have to leave that one rate hike sitting out there. It's like, we, you know, we're, we're focused on higher for longer. Um, you know, we're going to keep this option for one rate hike out there. But, but again, I think they're pretty much done hiking rates. I doubt they hike rates at the end of this month, but, uh, you know, we'll see when we get there. We're talking to Lance Roberts, Chief Investment Strategist with RIA Advisors, based in Houston. And then uh, earnings season is now underway as some of the uh, big, the biggies, they belly up to the bar and talk about what happened in the third quarter. Now, in the the second quarter earnings season, just a couple of months ago, it seems like they kept expectations artificially low so they could say, look how how easily we cleared this bar. Is that going to be the case this time around? Yeah, absolutely. If you go back to uh, about June of last year, that's when S&P analysts started putting out estimates for the third quarter of this year. Uh, Those have come down about $30 a share since then. So there's been a very big decline in those earnings estimates. Uh, That's going to give a lot of companies real cover here to come in and say, you know, here's my earnings. 
They'll beat estimates. We'll have a 70% beat rate on estimates or a little bit better. Uh, the key to pay attention to, though, is what they say about going forward. Uh, inflationary pressures, the, the contraction in consumer spending, what does that look like uh, through the rest of this year as we go into a holiday shopping season? Uh, that's going to be a real focus kind of be looking at. And uh, some of the names to watch uh, are real bellwethers: Pepsi, Delta Airlines, Walgreens, Boots Alliance, Domino's, United Healthcare, J.P. Morgan Chase. So you have banking, you have airlines, you have consumer staples, you have healthcare. So even that first round of names gives you could give you a pretty good idea of where the economy is headed. Well, absolutely, because in higher interest rates, that impacts the bank's earnings and also impacts their net profit margins. So, again, we're going to see what the impact of higher rates on the banks look like. Healthcare, discretionary staples, airlines, that's a very discretionary spending, you know, whether I fly or not. Uh, that's going to tell us a lot about is there an impact of this restart of student loan payments on discretionary spending. So this week's going to be very telling. Lance Roberts, Chief Investment Strategist with RIA Advisors in Houston. Find him online, realinvestmentadvice.com. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up, Google unveils a new AI search tool for doctors. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Google's new AI-powered search tool is changing the game for doctors by simplifying data access, saving time, and transforming healthcare. Joining us now with the latest details is Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media and former tech editor for the Today Show based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Paul, thank you for joining us today. How will the AI-powered search tool benefit your doctor and your experience at the doctor's office? Well, it starts with time. The amount of time that a doctor spends not helping you uh, is they average about an hour to two. They call it pajama time, which is only mildly ironic because what it really means is they're doing a lot of administrative stuff in addition to the clinical care of you or me uh, off duty. In other words, after hours. And the goal here uh, on the part of Google with Vertex AI search is to basically take a lot of that clinical uh, time suck, if you will, and put it on the AI machine, you know, basically for machine learning instead of on the doctor. So let's talk about a certain a certain a use case here, and that is. Uh you go to the doctor, you have your physical, they say, okay, get some, get some blood work done, we'll do all the routine tests, and then those tests come back. And the doctor will say, well, I have to look at those tests or evaluate them at 9 or 10 o'clock at night after I'm done with the day and all my family stuff is done. Is that where AI takes care of analyzing those tests as opposed to the doctor doing it uh, late into the evening? Well, that's one of them, the late into the evening thing. And by the way, over 50% of doctors now consider themselves, based on a survey, uh, burned out. And that's one of the biggest contributors. But, pardon me, the other contributor is that doctors don't feel like they're actually helping patients uh, as much as they could. And here's one of the main reasons that AI can fix. One of the main reasons is that the vast majority of data is distributed all over multiple systems. You know, you go from, say, uh, Kaiser Permanente as one system, and then you go to Cigna as another system and and others. And if a patient moves from one place to another, if a patient, in many cases, a patient doesn't even have to move, all that data that the doctor collected or that other clinicians collected is in multiple places. Well, the doctor then has to search all those places to get an answer, including the test you mentioned. So the net net is that AI collects that almost instantly. It goes out and seeks out information and and then basically brings it together for the doctor to look at. So the doctor's time is not spent searching. But this is really important. Vertex AI 
is really looking carefully at this, obviously going into clinical help, but they're starting with um, administrative. In other words, the administrative stuff that does not directly involve patients is where they're starting because they want to make sure they're accurate and that thing. But this is literally potentially a breakthrough in medical care that seems incredibly mundane to the average listener. But the fact is when all that time taken away from the patients now goes back to the patients, there is, it's arguably a breakthrough in terms of quality of care and quality of life for the doctor. We're talking to Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media and former tech editor for the Today Show based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Of course, uh, all of these AI systems that we talk about on this program are, in the end, designed and built to be money makers for their developer. And if uh, Google can sign up uh, a number of healthcare clients, uh, that's another way, another revenue stream for them. That's exactly right. And by the way, they've already started, as you can imagine. They're not they're not resting. Uh, Mayo Clinic is one of those organizations. Hackensack Meridian Health, Highmark Health, uh, not as well known as some of the others. Mayo Clinic, certainly well known. But they're not using that uh, search tool for, for nothing, obviously. And, and certainly Google is not spending all that time and money developing this with uh, software, you know, with, with programmers and so forth. What they are, of course, as you just said, they're looking for a new revenue stream. And by the way, People will pay for something, and this is not a shock to anybody who's listening, but people will pay for something that's worth it and for almost any clinician. Um, and I know a number of them in my, in my work, um, they will tell you that the number one thing they'd love to avoid is all that paperwork, and they'd love to get back to helping patients. Well, guess what? Somebody's going to pay for that, and it's probably worth it. But, you know, well, the jury is out, of course, and they're being careful by starting with administrative as opposed to clinical uh, analysis with AI, but it's, it's absolutely going to be a huge uh, money winner if they get it right. Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media and former tech editor for the Today Show, based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, unlocking financial success for kids. It starts early. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Preparing your kids for a bright financial future includes teaching them how to set goals, work within a budget, and save for the future. Joining us with some key advice is Ed Jertsen, certified financial planner planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group in Chicago. Find him online at EngageWealthGroup.com. Ed, thank you for joining us today. And uh, as the father of three young children, one thing that I have really come to understand, that there is no more powerful lesson than one that ends with the child realizing, I did it. I can do it. I set a goal and I accomplished it. And that's athletics, that's at school, and that can be in the realm of financial planning. Yeah, Rob, this is a great topic and we love this topic because, you know, we have the privilege of working with a growing number of third generation clients. And we can tell you and your listeners firsthand the positive impact setting that foundation of financial literacy can have on one's life. And to your point, you know, setting a goal and reaching the goal, setting the goal and reaching the goal reinforces with your children the importance of just this cycle, this virtuous cycle. And so when it comes to money matters and financial planning, no better way to really instill that in your kids than in what you just outlined in terms of that goal setting. Now, in some previous discussions we've had about ways you can draw your children into larger discussions about money and investing, I mean, there's the Family Investing Club, Uh, there are some ways that you could invest uh, money you make during a summer job, but you can start uh, embarking on some uh, financial planning projects, even, even small budgetary goals, when you're maybe in second or third grade. 
Yeah, for all your listeners, you know, keep it simple, right? Keep it fun and keep it simple, especially for younger folks, right? Second, third, fourth grade. You know, their their ability to focus is limited at best. So make it fun. And again, we keep we have this presupposition that these parents who are trying to teach their kids no financial literacy. And if you struggle yourself with financial literacy, make it a family event. Like you said, whether it's an investment club or or all the different things, make it fun, make it engaged. Don't make it a task or a chore. And then some of the uh, activities that we can engage in, is it something nearly as tried and true as, okay, do you want this particular thing? Save up for it and then you can buy it yourself. Yeah. You know, it's the three keys, Rob. Save some give some, spend some. And that's an intentional ordering where we want the child to be able to save for themselves, save for a goal, give some away, be a good citizen within the community, and then spend some. And to your point, that spending some is is the goal of, you know, here is a gift, you know, here is a present for you. But again, don't focus solely on the getting, right, in terms of goods. We're a consumption-oriented society. Maybe do something fun, go to an event, get them engaged in travel, whether than, rather than thinking about what can I save to, uh, to just buy more stuff. Ed Jertson, Certified Financial Planner, founder of the Engage Wealth Group in Chicago. Find him online at EngageWealthGroup.com. Thank you for joining us today. Still ahead, despite a turbulent ride, meme stocks endure. And then at 1249, we'll have a visit with our Monday afternoon stock picker. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Fighting between Israel and Hamas has now entered the third day. A Chicago alderman is looking to shut down a River North bar that was the site of a shooting this weekend. Meme stocks continue to be popular despite an imperfect track record. And this week's stock picks on Stock Picker Monday. WBBM Business. The markets are mixed. The Dow up once again. The up 45 points. The NASDAQ is down 14, S&P 500 up 6. We have 56 degrees right now at O'Hare under mostly sunny skies. At 1231, topping our news at the half hour, tensions have reached a breaking point in the Middle East this weekend after Hamas fighter launched an, uh, fighters launched an offensive in southern Israel. Israel responding with airstrikes. They have now declared a state of war with Hamas. Hundreds were killed in the initial attack. As fighting enters the third day, the death toll on both sides is estimated to have risen past a thousand. Israel's defense minister has ordered a complete siege on the Gaza Strip following an unprecedented incursion into Israel by Hamas fighters. AP correspondent Joseph Federman in Jerusalem outlines the government's robust response. Israel's defense minister Yoav Gallant made an announcement that he is uh, tightening the closure on Gaza. He called Hamas a bunch of human animals and he says he will not allow fuel or food to go into the territory. As crowds protest against Israel's moves in some cities around the world, including neighboring Jordan, 
Fetterman suggests Gaza could be on the edge of a humanitarian crisis. No place feels safe because there are so many explosions, so many airstrikes going underway. So thousands of people, as of last night, 75,000 people had fled their homes in border areas near the Israeli border, taking shelter in UN schools. So we are looking at a looming crisis. I'm Charles Dilladesma. City of Chicago is now moving to close a River North bar that was the scene of a melee late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. Bloom was where eight people were shot, four critically, in a brawl outside. 42nd Ward Alderman Brendan Riley called the restaurant a bad establishment and says he's working to facilitate the sale of the building. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Stocks and markets are trending up today. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director, Clearstead Advisors based in New York. Jim, thank you for joining us today. Well, the markets are up at least for now, but they've been kind of, it's kind of been a, a follow the bouncing ball kind of day on Wall Street. Yeah, today, today in and of itself is not important because first of all, it's a semi-holiday. The bond market is closed and the stock and bond markets are, are, are tied at the hip these days. So I think you um, uh, people, it's more of a watch and, watch and wait and see day. You were down a little bit in the morning. You recovered a little bit now. Uh, it's, not, it's not an important day, but it will be an important week because you're going to get the producer price index on uh, Wednesday. You're going to get the consumer price index on Thursday. You're going to get the minutes from the last Fed meeting, which will tell us what they were thinking behind the scenes. And then you're going to start to get bank earnings on Friday. So whatever you're thinking now is subject to a reset um, uh, as we work our way through the week and get incoming data. And then on top of that, we've got to see whether the House can elect a speaker and whether the war between Israel and Palestine is contained or spreads. So there's a lot to come. I do want to ask you about that, and 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 obviously, you know, this is a a very tragic situation, and and the loss of life and the heartache is immeasurable about what happened in Israel over the weekend. But how do events like this, uh, when you're evaluating the impact on markets, but also on just the worldwide economy, uh, where do you begin from? From where, where does where does that analysis begin? Okay, well, in this particular case, there's one thing and one thing only to worry about, aside from the human and the geo, you know, your, whatever your, your, your personal persuasions are on the subject. The one thing for the markets is oil. And does this conflict spread to the point where it starts to affect uh, the, the, the price, the availability and price of oil? And as long as Iran is out of the conflict, uh, I think we can we can uh, isolate this as a geopolitical event, but not an economic event. That's the most, my, most likely case. Uh, but if if Iran orders Hezbollah in uh, and and Israel starts to on the northern border from Lebanon, and then Israel starts to retaliate against uh, Iran, then then it could become an economic event. But right now. You have to say it's mostly a geopolitical event. And then very quickly, let's take a look at uh, PPI and CPI both coming out this week, both uh, very important reads on the in the fight against inflation. Uh, last month, uh, the, the, it was the core uh, CPI figure was what which gave everybody a sense of relief. Is that going to be are we expecting more of the same? I think what you're expecting is for inflation to do in a very painstakingly way to gradually nudge down. Uh, in, in a way that's uh, too slow for the Fed to change its course, 
but that as we work our way through 2024 and 2025, we will, we will get to that 2% target. And you have to say, based on what we see now, we'll get there through a slowing and, and tightening financial conditions, but not a serious recession. Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director, Clearstead Advisors, based in New York. Thank you for joining us today. Meme stocks stay popular despite a rough track record. We have the details. Your interest with an economy of words. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Taylor Swift, Beyonce, and the movie Dumb Money, all raising interest in so-called meme stocks. Joining us now is Mark Hulbert, investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com, based in Washington. Mark, thank you for joining us today. And uh, I thought uh, the Federal Reserve raising interest rates back into the fives would uh, basically bring an end to all of the meme stock silliness. I mean, that's that's something you engage in when, when you have access to easy money, and now you don't. Yeah, I actually share that same, uh, same thought that maybe we'd seen the last of it. But this last week, uh, in particular, when the, uh, the advanced ticket sales for the uh, Taylor Swift concert movie is propelled a lot of revenue in the direction of AMC Entertainment, which is one of the favorite uh, darlings of the meme stock movement. Uh, I think there's been a rekindled interest. A lot of meme stocks at the end of last week rose in sympathy with AMC Entertainment, even though they have absolutely no relationship from an economic point of view with what's happening with that concert movie. And the do a reset about two years ago, just as uh, Americans were uh, flush with cash from COVID-19 stimulus uh, stimulus checks and still had plenty of time on their hands because the economy had not completely reopened yet. Uh, there were a lot of people who were uh, drawn to the, uh, the, the Wall Street bets section of Reddit, and then they decided to uh, start plowing a lot of money into AMC and into GameStop, which I guess as far as the community was concerned, uh, they felt uh, they were two uh, outdated companies, companies that uh, whose time had came and went. But uh, it just kind of became a national, a national craze beyond that. And it seems like, Mark, it's a, a supercharged version of a thing that had been happening uh, by some traders and investors for quite some time, except 30 years Years ago, you found a stock in the newspaper. Well, I think that's right. And of course, with the Internet and social media in particular, things have just sped up at uh, enormous uh, speed relative to what it was 30 years ago. But you're right. Speculation is speculation. But, uh, you know, what happens with that kind of speculation is people have very short memories. So, for example, you mentioned GameStop, which I think is probably the quintessential meme stock. It shot up thousands of percent in January of 2021, precisely during that period of the pandemic that you refer to. But today it's uh, it's something like 90 percent below its high price in January of 2021. But you rarely see anyone in these social media conversations about meme stocks of just how poorly GameStop has done. And it's not an exception. There's actually an ETF now that you can uh, buy that buys a representative sample of meme stocks. And since it was launched in December of 2021, it's down something like 60%. So it really, the numbers don't lie, but yet somehow hope springs eternal. Who is the real winner uh, if your company becomes a meme stock? Because I would imagine if you're an executive at GameStop and you're being evaluated on uh, your company's uh, uh, stock price and its performance, uh, the last two years must have been the greatest two years of your life. Well, it turns out that you're absolutely right. What a company does, or at least a company that's acting rationally, if if their 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 stock propelled upwards over a week or two, uh, one of these speculative frenzies, 
the the rational thing to do is to sell more stock. If people are willing to pay thousands of percent more than they were two weeks previously, they, the rational thing is, okay, I'm going to create more stock and sell it to you. And that's exactly what AMC Entertainment in particular did. They they created uh, thousands, if not millions, of additional shares, sold it to the public, and they're the ones that come out ahead. They've sold worthless pieces of paper. I don't want to say completely worthless, but let's say uh, close to that, and got real money from uh, naive investors in return. It's a great deal for them. Mark Hulbert, investment columnist for The Wall Street Journal, Barron's and MarketWatch.com, based in Washington. Thank you for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday. And still to come, a pair of stock picks from a money pro. It's 60 minutes of financial planning. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Hey, it's Stock Picker Monday on the Noon Business Hour. We welcome in Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the website UpsideStocks.com, based in Hammond. Chuck, thank Thank you for joining us today. You got two selections today, and uh, the beginning one is uh, the, your first selection is in the construction space. That's right. The company is Sterling Infrastructure. The symbol is STRL. It trades for about seventy-five dollars a share, and as you mentioned, they are in the engineering and construction space. So they do traditional infrastructure uh, work in terms of highways, bridges, things like that. But their big growth driver is on the e-infrastructure space where they're doing data centers, uh, e-commerce, things like that. And that's been a a real nice and will continue to be a nice business for them. Uh, Earnings this year should be up about 17% in 2023. In 2024, the earnings per share should grow another 14%. You can buy that growth at about 16 times 2024 earnings. And the, the other, which I think is pretty reasonable, actually, and the other factor to consider is the company has beaten the analyst's earnings estimates by double digits in each of the last four quarters. So it's a company that continues to beat expectations, uh, which is certainly going to be good for the stock, we hope. So that's sterling infrastructure, $75 a share, and the symbol is STRL. And then before we move on to your uh, next selection, um, any company that involves shovel-ready projects and putting things together, uh, they clearly have a great deal of uh, interest rate sensitivity. Uh, How can they navigate that environment? Well, you raise a good point, and, and, you know, I think some of the areas are going to be funded by, by Uncle Sam. I mean, there's there's going to be tremendous amounts of money that are coming into the infrastructure environment via uh, government spending programs. So that is one area that will kind of offset maybe some of the other slowdown in some projects due to higher rates. So I think that's a counterbalance that it's going to be government spending that's really going to be helpful for a lot of these infrastructure plays. And your next one is a big tool in the office. That's <laughs> that's that's right, Rob. It's Dropbox. The symbol is DBX. It trades for about $28 a share. And as you mentioned, they provide content collaborative platform for individuals, whether it's families, it's employees, it's teams working together where they can collaborate uh, via this platform on documents, on projects, etc. cetera. Uh, what I like about this, I like a number of things about this, but one of the things I really like about this company is that when a lot of the software and technology stocks were really selling off fairly aggressively here over the last six weeks or so, this stock wasn't. It's trading right around its 52-week high of about $28 a share, and, and I kind of like that relative strength. In, in a space where there wasn't much relative strength. And I think that shows that the stock is in strong hands. Uh, earnings per share this year should be up about 20%. That'll drop off to about an 8% increase 
2024, but I think the stock, uh, you know, is a pretty good value. You can buy the stock at less than 14 times its 2024 earnings estimate. So it's a nice kind of value play in the software space in a stock that's showing very good relative strength. And that's Dropbox, DBX, trades for $28 a share. Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services, publisher of the website UpsideStocks.com, based in Hammond. His selections, Sterling Infrastructure, STRL, and Dropbox DBX. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.